0: second part of the, this week's uh, Devon the Detail podcast I'm Rob Parkinson joined by Paul Whiteside and Paul Parkin talking all things Salford Red Devils. Uh let's start the second part of this uh, show uh Parker. Let's talk about the Salford Red Devils Foundation offload. Uh they sorry, the Salford Red Devils Foundation they have an offload mental fitness program that's been uh, nominated for a sports and social change award, which is a fantastic thing. They do fantastic stuff in the community and it's well deserved They got uh, nominated for this award.
1: Yeah, look, it's great for them to be nominated, isn't it, for anything, and just, just being, you know, respected and, and, and noticed for the work they do. Um, a lot of things that the, the foundation and, and the club do, you know, away from rugby league, uh, it's, it's been great over a long, long period, and I don't think, uh, I've said it, I don't know how many times on this podcast, but we, we don't shout it enough, you know, and tell people what we actually do, they just think, it's all for it. it's a rugby club, and, that, that's it but yeah they, 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 that's phenomenal I mean re- really good because a lot of people doing a lot of really good work in, in the community in, in various guises um, so for our guys to get you know get the recognition it's, it's really good and you know fingers crossed it, it might go further
0: Yeah the club want to be in the community more Paul uh, and the Sopra Dem- Devil Foundation drive that don't they and uh, like Parky said they do a fantastic job uh, you know, in all aspects, not just in in the rugby league, in in social care and things like that. You know, they're helping, you know, the the kids of the future to become, you know, better better people.
2: Yeah, they, they certainly do it, a lot of it on limited resources as well. You know, people working a lot of hours and putting an awful lot of effort in as well. So I think their work needs applauding, and the, the, the more that they can they can do, the better. But yeah, they're de- definitely doing a fantastic job.
0: Yeah, and you know, obviously they don't, they don't they deal with all different. You know at young adults and and you know old people as well. they don't just do you know uh, kids did it you know it's a whole uh, sort of as uh, kind of a aspire a a spire of, of people you know they deal with
1: yeah I, th- this is a thing it has gone on for a a, a long time in the club i mean back at the willows days they did a lot of work back then with, I know they did a bit with the unemployed and that kind of thing and we, we never mentioned it nobody ever mentioned it and it's it's great to be out there and 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 like we are now, we are a community club, we have to, you know, we have to engage with, with people, you know, to get, not just to get people interested in rugby league, but to, to get people, and the, the whole of Salford is, is one, you know, one thing really, and I I can't really emphasise enough how, how much we need to, and the club needs to, to, to bang the drum for themselves and let people know what great work, we, and what, what's out there, what we're offering, what the club offer, what services we offer, you know, and uh, the, their ties to the community are massively important for not just for rugby but you know for for the city in general and for the people and, and the help they give and you know the advice and the people they have involved um, and, and and rugby can be part of that you know giving people especially like younger kids and, and having you out of things and, and education but also you know an interest in, in sport which is uh, you know good for your health and and whatever else, else. And, and the thing is from that is that. Sport for, for far too long for me has been seen as just a, it's just sport, you know, or they're just players or whatever. But it, it, for me, what, what gets missed is everything that goes on around a sports club these days. You know, the whole organisation, there are careers there, there are different jobs. You don't have to be great at sport to work for a sports club. You know, you can be a physio, you can be the secretary, you can be the admin, you can go work in, you know, like I say, the club shop, do retail, whatever. And and people who engage, have got, you can see these paths, and that, that you know, they may get a passing interest in moving. and think, oh, I like to look into that. And then obviously everything else the club do, and certainly on the, the mental health side, which is a a huge issue these days. With you know, with, with the way life is, I don't want to go too deep and political, but you know, it, there's a lot of stresses and strains on people a lot more so than probably probably ever before. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I I never fought in a world war. Let's let's be honest, but. You know, there are a lot a lot of stresses out there for a lot of people who just, you know, maybe don't cope that well. And uh, and, and the club obviously and the foundation and put the hand out to.
0: Yeah, I meant Spectrum not, not spire, but it's great pack, he just ran with it, Paul.
2: He certainly did. He's a, he's a pro, he's a true pro, he is. isn't he? <laughs> just like yourself. <laughs> Anchoring us along. <laughs> yeah.
0: It, it, I say he's fantastic they do a fantastic job. Uh I know, I'm sure they've got loads of stuff planned for for 2020, uh, so keep your eyes peeled and uh, you know get involved if you need to. Uh, other bits in the news. Let's talk about Great Britain, Parker. Uh, yeah. Bit of a bit of a failure uh, tour yeah. down the down in uh, New Zealand and Papua New Guinea. Um, what do you think? Disappointment or the players not picked in the right place or what?
1: Uh, I'm, I'm very I'm very disappointed. Not so much with the players, I mean I don't think it you know, obviously it's been a long hard season for a lot of a lot of players. Certainly, you know, us and Saints obviously and, and Saints more so the players from Saint, you know, or whatever who may be involved or whatever, because you we know, made a cup final and then the the uh, grand final, we made the grand final, you know, Warrington players had a, a run to the cup final and long you know, it's a long year and then to, to have to pack your bag straight after and fly off and I know we've done it for years. I'm not I'm not trying to make it lucid but I think I think the squad selection was well let's say it leave, leaves a lot to be uh, desired. Um why why take players that you're not gonna use or take a player that you're gonna you're gonna play out of position. There didn't seem to be any plan, it just seemed to be well like going back to probably the Andy Goodway days where, oh, we've got seventeen players, these are the best seventeen. It doesn't matter if you don't play in the right position, you know, we'll pick seven seven loose forwards or something stupid like that. Um I think a bit more thought went to the night into it. I also think that it's a wasted opportunity for the Great Britain brand in terms of the, how many Welsh, Scottish, Irish players, or, you know, Northern Irish as it would have been, players were in there. You know, how did that work? There more probably more Australians playing for Great Britain than, than Welshmen. Um, you know, it, like a Regan Grace, great, great finisher, you know. Should be given a chance. I mean, I'm not saying obviously Gil Dudson, but other Welsh players out there that, that, that could have been in the in the squad. I think we we missed something there. It didn't have to be the best seventeen or whatever every week. It was a chance to, to build it again, build this brand, get a bit of pride back in that, that lion shirt and uh, I think we wasted it and I think unfortunately it wasn't so much the players as that that were picked but Perhaps you know leaving some of the players that weren't, and the actual, the actual uh, I don't know, the the administration of the sport. I think uh, needs to be looked at again.
0: Yeah, Wayne Bennett, um, his contract for England is kind of in in discussion at the moment, uh, Paul. Uh, he kind of viewed England as as the bigger the bigger job with the World Cup coming up. He used Britain as kind of a kind of a you know a practice. Sort of a squad to figure out who who wants to be involved in the uh, in the book <coughs> next year, and is, is 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 that the wrong way of looking at this? Should should Great Britain be the bigger the bigger draw? Uh,
2: well, I think whatever's happening at that point in time, Rob is, is a big thing. I don't think you should should treat anything disrespectfully like that. Um, I don't know what he was practicing for because. You know, I wouldn't want to disrespect Wayne Bennett because I think he's he's been a fantastic coach. He, he probably knows a lot more about rugby league than I do. But I just thought he made a lot of the wrong selections in his his squad for me. He didn't. There's players that that could have perhaps gone on that tour that didn't go, and I don't know. I, I, it was just flaws in it for me. It wasn't the right the right team, and I don't know. Um, I've heard a lot of people saying perhaps we should move on. I mean, if it was me, I'd, I'd perhaps leave him in charge. I, I still think he's a good coach, but. I don't know, I just, I just think the tour, he didn't work for me. Uh, the way the way Jacko played in the side, I mean, people said, oh, Jackson Aiton didn't play the way he played at Salford. Was he playing? I think he was playing to a structure of, of what Wayne Bennett wanted. Right. He, for me, he's very defensive, Wayne Bennett. He's a very defensive-minded coach, and that's not a bad thing, but sometimes you do have to take them shackles off and, and attack teams, don't you, especially when you're playing against the likes of New Zealand. They like to throw the ball around, don't they? And, you know these these sort of South Sea Island teams. They they like an expansive brand of rugby, and I thought we was very conservative the way the way we played. And if we're gonna do anything against Australia in, in the Ashes next year, we're gonna have to play. We've got to score points. we are got to score tries. You know, and he's gonna have to. Uh, gonna have to they're gonna have to have They need to kick up the backside, really. I think, and he's gonna have to have a look at his selections and that. But no, I was very disappointed in, in, in the test series. Well. It was
0: playing style for me. I just think there was it was a lot of one man rugby. It was a lot of like going down the middle against these sort of Tongans and you know, you know Papua New Guinea. You know, it's in the blood in it. And I don't, I don't think you can. You've got to be more clever than that, you know, to beat teams like that. And and you know, it, there wasn't there wasn't anything coming from that Great Britain side, you know, to, to test them. You just thought we'll run over them, and and it didn't happen. And and that's why I'm a bit worried about what's to come in the World Cup because. You know, we we play Tonga, we play Papua New Guinea in the World Cup, and I don't see us beating them. So if we play the same style as we did uh, in the in the tour parker.
1: Uh, I I agree, and like Paul was saying there, I mean it's quite worrying because Wayne Bennett is you know he does plan himself on on defensive sides and that kind of thing, and we lost three games. You know, I don't I don't know quite where his defensive structure was supposed to be because um, you still got you know the opposition still scored more than you did. Um, I, I think attacking wise, it, 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 I don't. I'm kind of lost for work. I don't know how it went so wrong. The talent that we had, all right. You know, we lost we lost players. I know we lost Guild out there, and you know, certain players didn't make the tour or whatever. But it, it, they didn't seem to be a structure in attack. Um, a lot of the time, for me, a player like Josh Hodgson, who's an absolute phenomenon, a brilliant player. I watch him in the NRL all the time, and. What a season he's had, and well, what, what a career he's had over there. I think he's, he's absolutely brilliant. But too many times he was given the ball on the last tackle or something like that, or he'd get, get his hands on the ball at the last tackle and make the wrong decision, kick the ball the wrong way or whatever. For me, that's what the halfbacks are for. And we didn't use them. I don't think, I think like Paul said, I think we were playing to a pattern or you know a style that, that he wanted. He, he sees Hodgson every week in the NRL. He doesn't see Jackson Hastings every week or, or a Johnny Lomax or whoever else was you know out there on that park. And I, I, I think it's a thing of trust as well. It's alright thinking that this guy plays in the NRL therefore. But it doesn't work like that. I mean James Roby's never played in, in the NRL, but you're not you're not telling me he's not been one of the best uh hookers we we've ever seen. You know, he kind of I think there's a bit of a that NRL snobbery again from from Bennett. And and for me going forward into next year's World Cup, um Sorry, 2021 World Cup. I think I'd like to see a change. I would. I'm not saying this in a in a kind of, uh, I don't know, but obviously an Englishman of some sort of, you know, in charge. Um, I know Watto was there and Danny Ward were there. I don't know how much impact they would have had or how much they were allowed to, to express their feelings. But, I mean, for me, can you imagine having a you know, kind of Daryl Powell, Ian Watson and, and somebody else as, you know, a, a coaching setup or something like that. I think for me, they instill the pride as well. But with the style of rugby they all play and what they've proved, I think they deserve that, that chance. I think Wayne Bennett now is he has been phenomenal. I'm not going to, you know, like Claude said, I'm not going to knock him. He, he clearly knows knows the game inside out. He won what you know all that everything in Australia that was available. But is it is it time now to move on and bring in you know new, fresh, younger ideas?
0: I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a valid question, I think, uh, Paul. And you know Wayne Bennett, fantastic coach. You know, done lots of great things. You know, but everyone has to everyone has to go at one point, don't they? And, and is this the moment where he, he shows he hasn't got it anymore?
2: Uh, no, I think I'd leave him in charge, Rob. I'd leave him in charge for the 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 test series against Australia. And, Let's see if we can prove prove people wrong. I I, I think sometimes it's easy just to to get with the people and show them the door. And who are we going to bring in? Who's available that can yeah. that can do a, a job that he's Like we say, perhaps he got that wrong. He misjudged it. He, he took the wrong squad or or whatever. There's probably a million reasons that we didn't beat you know uh, Tonga, New Zealand, Papua New Guinea. Um, but no, I wouldn't so much change it. I'd I'd, I'd leave it as it was and. If it fails. It fails. I think it'll be a different approach, definitely against Australia than the Ashes. I think we'll do a lot better. Than I think we'll yeah. learn from some of the mistakes we've made in the, the talk. I think the, the, the other the other thing is that I was I was you know kind of
1: kind of thinking is that maybe Wayne Benny wasn't the man for Great Britain gave. and I don't mean that in a in a in a strange way. But again, I think it would have been a chance to say, Wayne, listen, you're in charge of England, you know, but Great Britain we want as a separate body, a separate. You know, entity, if you like, and, and maybe we could have put somebody else in charge because let's as be as bringing it back and you know, bit it could have been, you know, we could have gone like that. So it's a one-off, and it's not worked, so we won't bother again. You know, we 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 know what Wayne Bennett's going to do. We know how he's going to try and set a team up or make it, you know, to make the team play. Perhaps this was the, the chance to let somebody else, you know, have the great Britain job. You know, somebody who perhaps I don't know. He's out of work or whatever. I don't know who's out there. I'm not. You know, I'm just sort of surmising that somebody else could have took that Great Britain squad rather than have Wayne been in charge of England. Thinking of England and thinking of preparations for an England team, more taking this as a separate thing and saying this is Great Britain. We want somebody else to to look after it.
0: Sure, for me, England and Great Britain should be two separate things. Well then. The two separate things would mean two different coaches, two different setups. Then players have to kind of get don't get used to one setup do they because we've got two to to figure out. And it's a bit. Is it a good idea to have both running at, at the same time, Paul? Does it does it not? You know, give us, give players that bit of doubt. I mean, what what's going on? Who we're playing for now? How do we how do we move? How do we play?
2: I think it should um, it should be England in the World Cup. And I think the rest of the time it should be Great Britain. When you go on tour, you know, over to the other side of the world, I think it should cause Great Britain. I think when you play Australia in the Ashes, I think it should be Great Britain. I think in the World Cup it should be England. And I think then job yeah. done. When's the World Cup? Every four years, five years. So that, that's how, that's how I do it anyway. And I thought, when I was a kid growing up, that's how it always used to be. It was always Great Britain against Australia, you know, in, in test matches and in, in the Ashes and, and things like that. So that's how I would have it. I wouldn't lose the identity of Great Britain because I think that'd be a shame because... You know, that has been, you know, tradition in rugby league, but for, for the World Cup, I, I think it should be England.
0: And we want development, don't we, Parky? and then in Wales, in Ireland, and we need them to be playing, don't we?
1: Yeah, and I think, again, going back to the Great Britain thing, I don't think you know, we missed the trick. You know, we could have promoted this. Obviously, Jonathan Davis was on the uh, the uh, Pundit sort of panel, wasn't he? On the BBC, a, a, great, a great player at both Codes, not really cool about the bush but as a Welshman he we could have been singing the praises of the Welsh players within that Great Britain squad to, to people in Wales who are going to then take another interest and go oh wow we do play it we have got you know good players we've got players that are at the top level of rugby league here. You know, another chance to, to boost the, the, the game and I think we miss that I really do I think it's a, a bit of an error but um, yeah overall I don't want to obviously like, I think, like Paul said it's what we grew up on it's you know he, it's a, it's a great thing, the whole, the whole ethos of, of Great Britain. But again, yeah, like Paul said, I think for the World Cup, we, we've got to be separate. Um, but We need to, we need to you know, quickly develop more players in certain, certain countries than others. Um, and if we don't highlight how good the players from that country already are, I don't know how we get the next generation to, to come through and play.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting what happens in the next few months to come. Uh, other bits in news, talking about development, they're talking about uh, possible Super League, the, the Exiles, uh, a game where uh, you know Exiles who play in Super League from Australia and New Zealand get together and play the best of Super League. Um, I, think it's, I think it's a good idea. There's a lot of good talent out there, uh, Paul, and uh, it would be a good idea for me.
2: Yeah, well, we've had those Exiles games. Over the past, I can't remember the last one was. It? It's been a few years ago, hasn't it? They were, they were always exciting games, weren't they? But I think, I think you, you need a mid-season international for me. I mean, if it was me, I'd scrap that magic weekend and have that as an international weekend. Perhaps even if you brought in as like a, I think we've mentioned it before, about a nines tournament between England, mm. Wales, Ireland, Scotland, something like that. I think international rugby league should be there. I mean, you shouldn't just go at the end of the season and all meet up and then be expected to, you know, gel together. I mean. The more internationals you can play, the better for me, definitely. And uh, Like I said, I think the Magic Weekend, I don't, I don't want to sound negative here, but I think it's its had its day that really, you know, and it's a bit of a gimmick as well. I don't think it spreads the game particularly. I think it's just a bit of a money-making thing for the rugby league. So I'd use that weekend to, um, you know, I'd, I'd use it to, 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 to um, what's the word I'm looking for? You put my teeth in here, don't I? Uh, to, to benefit the international game, if you like.
0: Yeah. You know what? I'm more of a. What do you think, Parky? What's your view you on the to um, leave Exiles? Game? Yeah, I think I think there the, the might be a bit
1: of a, I don't know confusion because wasn't it like an English team against the the Exiles over here? Cause mm-hmm. If it was, I don't, I don't know. Like the likes of Jackson Hastings and and Lachlan Coot and people like that, who would be playing for? I don't really know. They would be play for England or would be an exile. I don't. You can't just pick and choose who you want. Yeah. Um, well, I'm not going to go with the, the you know the the, uh, the representative thing. I'm not I'm not too forced if you if you claim you want to play for England or a Great Britain, then great you can prove it. You're the best player in that position, and you get picked. That's fine. Um, but I did know I did like it. I think it was I think again another one that was kind of undersold and underused. I think every year it was played at Headingley. Move it about. Let's have it somewhere else. Let's go, You know, take it. To, I think Headingley was probably too big for it. If you like. You know, I think I think you need a ground, maybe like the AJ Bell, but even somewhere like Lee or uh, a witness or somewhere like that where you, people can turn up, and I think that that might be the better idea for it. Um, yeah, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good challenge. And if you do, if you did sort of an England side versus the Exiles, I mean, some of the, some of the uh, overseas players are in insuper you get a you know, fantastic guy. It's a great challenge. That next step up and a, and a proving ground. And the best, I think the best way to do it is not just have um, England, you know, say an England team versus exiles. Like we were saying again about the international thing, Ireland have a game, make it around Robin or something like that, Scotland and Wales. And we are playing, you know, some kind of nice sort of home nations tournament with the exiles. I think that'd be a great challenge. Make it a series. I know it's hard to do during a season with so many games and everything else. But again, like Paul said, I mean, I'd, I'd absolutely do without the Magic Weekend. I think that's probably over I don't know it's been overdone a little bit now so there's another three weekend and I just think it's something you can make room for
0: yeah Parky remember mine there talking about uh, making it a round robin why don't we just have Lancashire Yorkshire and the Exiles in a a three round robin contest Lancashire and Yorkshire you know always always a a passionate affair kind of undersold a bit last time it was happened but if you know the media got behind it and the, the teams respected it uh, Paul, uh, then you know it could build into a big thing
2: I think you could throw Cumbria into the mix there as well Rob I think you've got plenty of players in the Super League who, who come from Cumbria as well so I think you could have it as a, as a four-team tournament then perhaps couldn't you and, and do it like that where I don't know like they had the you know they used to have the Four Nations it was like a league wasn't it and you'd play three matches wouldn't you and then it was who was top of the table so if you're Lancashire you play Yorkshire and um Cumbria and, and the Exiles, so yeah, I think something like that could, could definitely work and like prague says, I, I'd scrap the week and they go on about player welfare and things like that now and we've knocked a game off at Easter, why do we play these loop fixtures at the end of the season, why don't we play everybody twice and then knock the loop fixtures on the head and we could use these other rounds for, for having perhaps international games in the middle of the season. I don't know, sometimes in rugby league I think we contradict ourselves, we never ever seem to give things a chance to to grow. We constantly chop and change it. Like we had the exiles in a few years ago, then we knocked it on the head. We bring the middle eight in, we bring the top five, and then we change it. Then we we, we stop the million pound game. We, we had that for a few years. We never ever seem to let things bed in. It's constantly changing, and I think it frustrates supporters sometimes. so I think you've got to, if something's working, you know, let's 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 stick with it and, and enjoy yeah.
0: it. Yeah, so I think the loop fixtures there, packet the loop fixtures there have to get juice in the club's tank in it. Yeah, really good. Well, like, that, that's that's what I think. It, it's not because obviously you've got Toronto, you've got London, you've got Catalan. You know, you play them once. You not you not you don't get as much juice in your tank as you, you do when you play Castleford. So they need them loot pictures, don't you, to to reimburse you in a way.
1: Yeah, it's a, of course, it's, it's a money decision, isn't it? That's that's the thing. But then if you want if you want to play so many games, then have more teams in a Super League. I mean, you know, like Paul said, you can't have it always. I don't want to be going. I mean. How many times did we play OKR last year? I know we had him in the Cup as well, but we had him at the Magic weekend. We had him, you know, in the league, I think, three times. I mean, you know, we don't want to play a team five times in a year. If, we'd have got, if we would got in the playoffs, you know, and we had to play them like we had to play Wigan two more times, it, it, it's kind of a bit crazy, really. And uh, I, th- I think we could do without, without all these loop fixtures and playing an odd number of games in a season. I think it's a bit bizarre as well. But, um, yeah, you're right. I mean, we are on about this player welfare and, and so on, but... We we play unnecessary games, uh, and it's all for money. You know, and, and I know it's gonna to get tougher because I believe the Sky Deal ends next year and there's nothing on the table. And if we lose, you know, lose that money then the game is in is serious strife. I'm not, I'm not sure too many networks are looking to pick up the tab that Sky pay us. So you know, we we do need to, to get money in the bank, we do need to play games, but I don't know, I think uh I might have to just put two more teams in the super league.
0: Or, Parkit, is it an opportunity to split the deal a bit and, say, put a bit on Prime, put a bit on Sky, you know, sort of divide it's, the contract up a bit, so it then put a bit, put one on the BBC, maybe, one on Channel 4, you know, expand the game? It, it
1: is a great idea, but it's about the, the actual ch- uh, channels wanting to take the sport. Mm. That's the key. And does somebody want, you know, the exclusive rights to it, like Sky have, you know alright, you get the highlights on BBC, but you don't get, you know, none, none of the other channels want it, but I can't see kind of BT stepping in or, you know, I don't know, BBC, Channel 4, 5, whatever, ITV. Can't see them stumping up the cash for it. So, uh, yeah, so that could be a, an ongoing issue, but that's something to worry about further down the line, I think. And, yeah. and people with uh, much much sharper minds than my own, so um, yeah, I think that that's the only reason we play these loop fixtures, because they, they need the money, but just have an extra team to the Super League and you're going to play as many games as you need anyway.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't see them... Um, I, what I don't see, uh, Paul, is, is, you know, likes of Channel 4 or BBC or BT putting the same kind of money in as Sky did for the whole thing. But if you divide it up a bit, they might might give you less, but then you get more exposure, don't you? Which might help them and the clubs in the long run.
2: It's when you play the games, I mean... Uh, where are the BBC going to have us on? You know, the BBC have that I much sort of come, of come dancing on, don't they, and all this sort of stuff. Are they going to put Rugby League on, on a prime-time slot on a Friday night or, or whatever, I don't really know. Would it have to be on BBC Three or something or one of them other obscure channels? I don't know whether BBC One, BBC Two would have you on it at prime-time. Same with ITV. They've got all this celebrity crap on, haven't they, in the jungle and all that. Do, are they going to have Rugby League on? So I don't know, but it's a worrying thing. That but that like is it's something for something for down the line, really, isn't it? But I agree with him I'd have I'd put two more teams in the Super League. I think another strong side in South France, Toulouse, I think, could be fantastic to get in Super League. You know, have a have a French derby there. I mean. I might sound like a dinosaur. I, I, I don't agree with having Toronto in the Super. I think it's absolutely crazy I mean having the other side of the world in, in, in the top flight of rugby league. They want their own league. They have their own league in North America. But that's another story. But I'd, I'd love to see another French side in there. I think uh, that'd be fantastic.
0: Well, it's about building the game. Building the game, though, Paul. And you know, TV revenue. People want to see big, big, big city teams
2: in this big competition do they, do they though I think I think that's a myth sometimes I mean how many Canadian players play for Toronto it's it's a joke it's a bit like um, we've done it a few a few years ago like Gates said didn't we had a, we had a team there and then we, we disbanded them how long I'm all for this year with Toronto if the longevity is there if they're still there in 20 years I'll hold my hands up and say I was wrong but you know you know as well as I do come, come a couple of years down the line it, it won't be there will it that franchise will be in Manchester or somewhere like that and you can see that coming. Now they do a lot of sort of trading over here, don't they? And I, I can see that happening, but that perhaps that's just me being a bit cynical. But I don't know. but I think sometimes a good league need to need to look at the bigger picture.
0: Yeah, don't forget, Parker They don't take any Sky money. It gives everyone else a bit more money. So that's that's a good thing. Because obviously you're going to have to balance the fact they're not going to bring <laughs> any away fans with the money they're going to get off them.
1: Is is that going to last? Is that going to happen every year, or is that just a you know? kind of introduction thing I don't I don't know the full the full story the other thing is it though this this is it uh, David Argyle is it or whatever his name is the owner you know what, what if he decides one day you know he walks away or another commitment comes up in his, his life that's more pressing you know uh, is it sustainable it has to, you know what I mean I know it's easy to say because we've got clubs like ourselves who have been around for hundred and odd years who you know could collapse at any time really that's that's how precarious rugby league is financially um, I, I'm kind of with Paul a little bit. I think I, I'm not a huge, a huge fan of, of the Toronto experience. I don't, think it's, I don't think it's, particularly good for the game. I'd much rather see, again, probably a dinosaur thought, but you know Halifax or someone like that in the in the, in the Super League than that. And again, the prime example is like Paul said there, about Gateshead, uh, who now are Newcastle. Well, if you want a big city side, I'll see what you know. We took the Magic Weekend there. We're taking it again next year. Let's try and grow them. Let's try and get somebody interested in buying them, and putting a team. You know, that that would be be better. And I, I, I don't want to sound like somebody pleasing for the children, but think about the fans, the expense of next season for people. Should should say I don't know. Like Saint Tellings this year, they went to the cup final. They went to the uh, uh, they are, they're going to have the World Club Challenge. They they went to the grand final. They've got to go to Toronto. They've got to go to the south of France. You know, if they're going to Wembley again, how much money is that going to cost a fan just to watch his team or his family go and watch? He can't, he can't carry on like this. And I think we need... We don't need to be... You know, it's not a local sport for local people. I don't like that. And I do want to see, you know, spread around the world, but I think you can overdo it. Uh, I think Toronto might be that, that step. And, and the team for me that's probably going to lose out the most this year, and I think I said it last time, is Catalan. Mm. Because a lot of people will go, I'm going to go to Toronto this year. So therefore, I can't go to Catalan, yeah. and 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 they'll lose out there. You know, even if you only take three, four, five hundred fans over there, if two hundred turn up, that's a lot of money they're going to lose. And and you know that that's have it, got to be looked at a little bit more rather than just saying, oh, we need this because it's great promotion. It's a great, you know, it's you know, a big city in Canada, brilliant. I, I'm not I'm not so sure it's going to work.
0: We know we, we've had a few a couple of few good days in in Catalan, uh, parking, but. Do you think Toronto will be as a good a, a day out? Obviously, you know, uh, Lorette De Mar, all the dancing and the drinking. Uh, at
1: least, uh, I I, don't, I mean, Toronto is is supposedly an absolutely wonderful place, brilliant. You know, I, anyone who's been has the rugby league, you know, that you've read recently and, and people I know who've been there or worked with in the past and so on can't speak highly enough of the place. It's such a... You know, a great place, and it'll be a fantastic place to go. Don't you know? Don't get me wrong, but I, I'd like to go there as a just as a tourist. I think I don't know if I want the rugby league throwing in, but it's not like you're gonna with with uh, Perpignan and, and Spain. You can be there in two hours. You know, you you can be on the beach having a having a uh, pina colada. You know, in the space of three hours from leaving Manchester, It's not quite the same going to Toronto. And if you're only going over for two or three days, that's a big journey to take. Uh, not including what the players have to go through. You know, they've got to go and play out there for 80 minutes against what will probably be quite a strong Toronto side and will get stronger over the next few years. But I I don't know. I'm not going to compare it to France. I mean, I'm not sure you can... I think there's only Blackpool you'll compare to Lorette de Mar, to be honest. Um, So it's not quite the same thing. And, you know, a cosmopolitan place like Toronto would be fantastic to visit. Uh, and I really hope, you know, the people do get behind it there and do find up, But it is a sporty mecca in Canada and it has a lot of other interests. A bit kind of like, you know, Manchester, it's got so many sports going on at any one time, or, or London or somewhere like that, so many teams. And, and you, you can
0: overstretch yourself. And I, I do worry a little bit. Do you agree with him, Paul? Are the Pina Colliders in, in, uh, in uh, Lorette de Mar in danger of being extinguished? From coffees in Toronto.
2: Uh, well, I have booked my Catalan trip, and I'm just currently trying to fathom my way of getting myself and my dad to Toronto. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know about the money. I'm going to, have to do a bit of overtime. That's why I was at work. Um, yeah. Just, just going back to the Toronto thing as well. I think it, the rugby football they don't think about the logistics of it. I thought it was very unfair last couple of seasons watching championship sides go out there. You know, when a lot of the players are part-time, half the players can't go because they're working, they've got work commitments. I thought that was really out of order. But like now, they can't play an home game until God knows when. So they've got to play a load of away games and it buggers the fixtures up for everybody else. If you look at our fixtures, we play St. Helen's away, then we've got four home games. So they can't play home and away, home and away every week, can they, because of the weather in Canada. So how, how does that work? I couldn't imagine any other sport going through this sort of rigmarole that, that Rugby Lee's going mm. through with it. I mean I hope it you hope it works I mean it's successful but I don't know we always seem to make things complicated and it just doesn't seem a level playing field to, to, to me with them because they're going to have like at the back end of the season they're going to have a, a load of home games aren't they and if they're getting a bit mm. of a run it's, it, that's not fair if you're playing a, a load of away games at once or a load of home games it's not right it's not home and away so I don't know I don't see how it's, how it's going to work for me and you know I, I wouldn't Say I'm dead against them, and I hate Toronto, and I want them to, to you know, to, to fail and lose all the games. I mean, I'm not bothered. I, I look at them as the way I look at all the other clubs in the league. I'm not not bothered about it. It's up to them. But I don't know. I, I think it'll be a, be interesting to see how it all works out this season.
0: Yeah, it's going to be fascinating uh, to you know to look and see what happens. Um, other bits of news. Last bit of news I've got is uh, Jackson Hastings uh, broken by uh, Gaz Carter. Uh, seems like he's getting cold feet, uh, Parker, about his move uh, to Wigan. Uh, Wigan have come out since and said, you know, we're looking forward to seeing Jackson at the start of pre season in December. Um, but there's no smoke without fire, is there? And things like this. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if Jackson Aces does uh, return to England and play for Wigan in 2020.
1: Yeah, there's been kind of ongoing rumours, I think, for a while about. About the whole thing, um, I I don't know. I don't I, you don't see really any truth in it, or whether it's a, a rumor, or whether I don't know his agent maybe spoiling for a an NRL contract. So someone thinks, well, hang on, he's not settled. We can we can probably pick him up now. We can you know negotiate his deal. Um, and as much as I'd love to see him back in a in a Salford shirt next year, that's uh, I think that's far from ever happening. Um, but. I don't. I mean, everything I've ever heard from from Jacko has been, you know, nothing but honest, and he seems a such a a genuine bloke. And if he's if he's agreed a deal with a club, would he would he back out of it? Um, I don't know. I mean, he, he, he said that he, he cried when he announced to, to Watto that he was leaving. Obviously, the financial thing. I mean, he's twenty three years old. It's a short career. Make the money you can, and fair play to him. Um, but he didn't want to leave. So was that already in his mind? Did he have a negative thought to start with? Is there something in that? Um, but I, I mean, I could easily see him back in the NRL. No, no, no problem. And uh, you know, as much as I don't know, I, I've got no no real love for Wigan. Um, it would seem a little bit odd, and, and they've been a you know a real a real dilemma then as to what to do for next season because it doesn't give him much time to bring in a player of that quality from anywhere in the world.
0: Did your heart skip a little? Paul when you heard the news that Jack Mason might not get in to get to the Wigan
2: well, I actually got a, a few people text me a few weeks ago about this actually and it's been on my mind for a while um, I just sort of sat on it but I remember saying to my dad on the way home from the ground file, you know after that I said I can't see him going to Wigan you know and we've been saying this thing I, I thought he might sort of stay in Australia you know after the season and not come back and I don't want to disrespect him and put words into his mouth or anything. I mean, it, for all we know, he, he could be going to Wigan. We don't, we don't know. Nobody knows. I think people can make stuff up, can't they? you only got to go on social media and you can read one rumour and this rumour and that rumour. And rumours just spread like wildfire, don't they? So, I don't really know. J- what Jackson Aces will do whatever's best for him. Won't he? And, you know, good luck to him. But as far as him coming back to Solford, I think that's ship sail. I think we've got to just concentrate on the players we've got there. And I, mean, I think it would be disrespectful to the likes of Kevin Brown, Chris Atkin. To Ilola here to talk about Jackson, now I think we should just, you know, put that to bed and whatever happens, happens. If he does come back, you, you know, it was a bonus in it, and then you, you work from there. But as a Salford supporter, I'm I just read with interest and, and just see what happens. But um, like Parkey said, there, I think he's Jacko's quite um, quite an honest, genuine fella. and if he has signed a contract with Wigan, I, I don't think he'd want to let their supporters down and, and back out of a deal. I don't think he's that sort of bloke, but I don't know. It's it's always interesting when these sort of stories come about and I'm just sort of glad in a way that we're not really directly involved with it. It's it's Wigan's business and let them deal with it. But like we say there, Wigan are in a bit of a pickle, aren't they? If Jackson Aces don't go there because they've sort of pinned an awful lot of their 2020 season on him, haven't they? With George Williams going to Canberra, you know, if Jackson doesn't go there, it leaves a big hole in in their squad.
0: I think, Parky, for us, you know, like Paul said, you know, as for us to develop, continue our development as in this team and this club, you know, Jackson Hastings can't come back because we we need to show up ourselves that we can play without him.
3: Uh,
1: I, I applaud your uh, you know your, your thoughts, but um, if Jackson Hastings says for even half a nanosecond, I'd like to go back to Salford <laughs> I'm sorry, but, yeah, I'd move heaven and earth. Um, uh, He's unquestionably, you know, a super-talented player. His love for for Salford and us as fans has been, you know, he's shown us not just on the pitch, but off the pitch and everything he's done. You know, giving away tickets for the game. He visited somebody's house. You know, the the respect he's shown us, which we've not always got. Again, going back to what we said on the last uh, podcast, there's... um, you know, we've had players in the past that have been a bit show pony and turned up just, you know, well, like it's only solved, but I'll pick up my wages and off I go. He actually cares. He looks like he cares and he did care. So, listen, if, even if there's if a waft of him uh, being available for to come back to us, then uh, there isn't a fan out there that would, would turn that down. And I'm just a bit disappointed to sent me list to Santa so early because <laughs> um, that could have been added on the end. You know, could we have uh, Jack go back for another year or two? Um uh, but uh, I'll have to start saying in prayers or something like that. I believe in something. Um, but now I think if he doesn't, if he doesn't go to Wigan, which I still, I still don't, I can't see him not him not playing for Wigan next year. But um, I can see him back in the NRL. Uh, I think he's as good as virtually anything I've seen for a long time, and uh, he'd, he'd slot back in. It's just that, that stigma he's got in Australia at the moment, whether it's gone away. You know whether the press will stop hounding him and, and let him get on with his rug beard, which is, he's clearly a talented lad and, and that's what he wants to do.
0: yeah it's going to be fascinating uh, to see another you know fascinating story which is which is in the rugby league world at the moment. see how that plays out uh, so that's all the all the news we've got uh next up, we're going to uh, listen to your interviews, Paul. You spoke to Luke Yates and Dan Sargentson uh in what was it, last week uh during uh, training. And this is what they have to say.
2: Right, I'd like to say I've been joined by Luke Yates, Salford's close season signing from, from London Broncos. How have you settled in to, to life at Salford? You had a big big year last season for London, obviously ended up in disappointment, but you know, you did yourselves proud, didn't you? You did a really good job last year in the in the Super League and you've earned a lot of a uh, lot of credit from that.
4: Yeah, um I think with with what we got, I suppose when I when I turned up there day one, I was just a bit a bit taken back on on the squad we sort of had, but we were just a bunch of lads that wanted to rip in and work hard together and try and prove some people wrong. You know, like I I don't think anyone tipped us to be in the position we were at the back end of the year to potentially be staying up. But um, yeah, personally, I I loved my time down there, and it was, it was such a good group of lads down there that it was um it was just it was an enjoyable year. Apart from the disappointment at the end, it was, it was just such a good group of lads. So made it a lot better, yeah.
2: How long have you been in the UK for now? Was that your first year? Yeah, it was really? my
4: first year, first year over, so i come over in December, and was when sort of London London came up, um, it just sort of seemed like it was a perfect fit for me because my brother is on a two-year visa, so he's, he's living in London as well, so I moved in with in a place of him now, and I um, when I was down there, and then then made my way up here, yeah.
2: Were well, you living in Salford then? you in Salford Keys. yeah. Oh, you enjoy that then? Yeah. It's yeah. a nice part of the world, isn't it? I believe yeah, it's quite a, Quite a few of the players live there then.
4: Um, I think a lot, a lot do from like other clubs and that as well. But the, I think there was uh, three or four of us that from from Southwood That are there at the moment. So the more than me, I Might be a bit, bit better in friends. the summer
2: because since you've come up here, I don't think it's stopped raining, has it? Yeah, last, last few months?
4: Oh, it's been okay for a bit, but uh, isn't it supposed to dry for the next couple of days? No. Uh, I think it's going to get gonna colder, cold. Talk. get colder, gonna cold. So cold, so you're going yeah. to need your woolly I, I don't mind that, I don't mind that, because once we get going, like once we're out here and get going, you're already in a t-shirt anyway, so it doesn't really bother me. How have you
2: found it working for, for Ian Watson, obviously he worked with Danny Ward last year, they've both been on, on tour with Great Britain, how does what all differ to, to Danny?
4: Yeah, uh, what a, what has been great, mate, he's he's really, really technical, which I, which I like, you know, he reminds me of some coaches I've had back home, which is... A lot more video and um, just sort of like personally fix, fixing up little parts of your game. So um, I've been actually really in, really enjoying that, just getting some personal sort of stuff uh, taken care of with him. So um, in terms of him and him and Wardy, Wardy's a bit different. Like he, he's a bit bit more one of the boys, but uh, Wardy is sort of is more of a head coach type type of deal.
2: Yeah. Is he very strict, well Yeah, I feel like
4: he's. I like a teacher. He's a bit more strict than Wardy, I'd, I'd say. Yeah.
2: What can the Salford supporters look forward to seeing in you next season? Oh, we've heard a lot about you. We saw some rave reviews last season playing for London. You know, do you like tackling? Don't you? Or, or <laughs> is it not? You like tackling? You just do a lot of tackling, don't you? You're a big
4: tackler. Um I just find myself in the position to make tackles, so I make them. I'm not going out there going, oh, I'm going to make 50, 60 tackles today." I'm not doing that. But it's just that's part of my job, and that's probably that's why they would have signed me here just to get through that work. So yeah, that's what they can expect the same from me. I'm like, you know, I love, I love getting through and doing the doing the hard stuff and watching the boys get on the back of it. You know,
2: You're excited for the season to start now.
4: Yeah, yeah. Uh, third week of pre-season so I'm I'm pretty excited for the season. Is it to start. tough going back into season When you, how much time did you have off after playing in London? So I finished on 15th of September, and then these boys went all the way through the Grand Final. So I went home for a month. I spent a little bit of time in London, and I went home for a month, and then I came back up here. The first, and we didn't start till eleventh, so I was up here for a while by myself
2: as well. So, do you tend to keep yourself sort of fit when you're off? Do you do like to put private gyms? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no,
4: no, no, no. I, I stay, I stay, I stay in shape for sure. Yeah, it's too. It's too I you've got to do because it's, if you too, don't, hardy, it's too, too hard. It's too yeah. to come back in. So I, I always come back in good nick. So I've, uh, I've tested pretty well. Um, personally, so yeah, um, I'm, I'm happy where I'm at at the moment, and just going to keep building on that.
2: Any personal goals for next season? Obviously, you want to do as well as you can. Don't emulate this 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 side of last season. No surprise, everybody getting to the grand final. Have you spoke about like, individual goals and team goals? You know, going forward for
4: 2020. Um, I, I know we we sort of had had a, had a bit of a talk, and it's probably what I said is probably the best the best. Um, the squad they've had coming through through Southwood, So why why can't we sit out and do them do them same same things they did last year and go one better and get that grand final ring? Because these boys all, as you've seen, come through the back end of the year. The how hard they were working for each other and you know they they were pretty pretty much written off. Like we we at London we'd written them off as well. Like I remember they beat us round two um, up here. and We, we got a big spraying off our, off our captain just saying like these are the lads we're going to be competing to get relegated against and and they end up going through and getting into the grand final. So I think the belief that we have in this squad and the, the personnel in there, we can um, we can definitely get there again.
2: So we can carry it on into 2020. Luke, thanks very yeah. much for speaking to me, mate, and best of luck next year. Cheers, mate. Thank, Thank you, you, mate.
3: Right, I'm delighted to see Dan Sargenton joins me. New Salford signing. How have you settled into training? Yeah, quality, mate. Um, pretty surprised, actually, how how quick it was um, just to fit in with the boys and that. I think it was day two I felt pretty comfortable and uh, the boys have been wicked. And um, yeah, just a massive change from from stuff at Wigan where, where I'd spent so much time and uh, strength and conditioning side of it, the wrestle side of it, even the, some of the detailed stuff on the field. Um, it's just miles different. So, uh, really enjoying the change. Do you think you've got a lot to live up to next season yourself, for getting to the grand final? I suppose it's... Is it, how did pressure that vote you know, to perform next year? As a team, or me... Well, both, I suppose. Um, Listen, I I signed for Salford, obviously, um, knowing that they'd had a really good season last year, but um, to make the grand final was unbelievable. And I think that's where we've got to kind of pitch our our benchmark now and um, we can't accept anything less, really. So uh, I wouldn't say there's much pressure on us as to say, but um, I think... Uh, it's in the back of our minds that that's, that's our main goal, we want to get back there and uh, do the job this time.
2: Is there a belief there in this squad now? You know last season they did do something really special
3: didn't they and obviously you want to be a part of that and emulate it really. Yeah I think I think towards the back end I think um, people had their opinion yeah, yeah. about Salford, I know people expressed it in the press and that um, and Salford just kept proving it um, wrong week on week, on, week in week out so it gets to a stage where um, when they're performing week in, week out like that, and, and not and not slipping up at all, um, you you you've got to kind of change your opinion. So hopefully, hopefully people out there have done that. I mean, um, they brought in some brilliant players, Seb, Paulie, some some big some big bodies in there. So um, it's really exciting this year. I mean, um, what OGB all, all the staff a quality here. So. Uh, hopefully we do big things. Then. How have you found working with Ian Watson? You've worked with a lot of, lot of big name coaches at Wigan and you
2: know people who are held yeah. highly in rugby league. How does what all compare to them? Because his stock's really risen the last couple of years. You know he's been on tour with Great Britain. How's How's his experience over there rubbed off on you the last few weeks? Were you yeah. coming
3: back because he's he's had sort of a real hard twelve months really? hasn't he? he's been at it twelve months solid. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, think, I think he fully deserved the, the GB stuff after last year, and I don't think anyone can uh, take that away from him. So um, he's gone out there, he's taken some positives um, from, from that. He, he's gone out there and learnt and give up his off season. I don't think he had a day off, so just shows what kind of coach he is. And um, just, just the detail and stuff of, of, um, of the stuff out on the field is just, just unbelievable. So uh, everyone knows their role, everyone knows they're accountable for certain things, and we um, can get the job done thanks very much for
0: speaking to us today Dan cool, and, uh, good you. luck next season nice one cheers Dan. so that was Luke Yates and Dan Sardis talking to you uh, Paul uh, you know good lads you know seeing focus focused uh, you know on the challenges ahead in 2020
2: yeah both both real gentlemen Dan Sardis a lovely guy um, he's an experienced player isn't he he's played in big Big teams, big grand finals for, for Wigan as well, and he's still a relatively young guy, I think he's about 27, so he's, he's still got plenty of um, plenty of juice left in his tank, as you say, Rob, so I'm excited to see how he plays, you know, quality, quality centre as well, and um, the other guy, Luke Yates, he was a really nice lad, really down-to-earth lad, telling us about where he's come from, I think he's Newcastle in Australia, his dad's a miner, comes from like a mining community, very, very interesting sort of background he's got, and you know, um, he's, a, he's a real grafter. I mean, we, we spoke about him quite a lot last season. He was a real standout player in that London Broncos side and did a lot of unseen work and, you know, gained a lot of plaudits as well, didn't he? So, I think he, I think he'll fit right into the team, Luke. And, um, yeah, the two very much, um, as I said before, Ian Watson sort of signings. Guys that are coming in with the right attitude. Not big-time charlies, but blokes that are willing to work and willing to be part of our ethos. So, I'm very excited to see how they go.
0: Yeah, Parky, both, they're very good players. Both going to have you Know to our squad, uh, obviously the departures of the likes of Jones and Hastings, but these lads coming in, you know, have the ability to keep us at that you know, that optimum level. And you know, there's no reason why not, you can't keep you can't keep us there.
1: I think the two very, very shrewd signings. I think if you could ask uh, William fan at the end of the season what, what they thought about losing Surgeons, and I think they'd have been, you know, they're, they're, they're quite disappointed. I know at the start of the year, he's He's had a bit of stick and he was, he was kind of their scapegoat for many things earlier on in the season. But I think he just proved to him what a great player he, he is. And towards the back end of the season, when he got injured, um, they certainly lost a lot on that side of the park. Um, I think he's a very astute Don't forget, I mean, he's coming in really to replace Jake Bibby. Well, you know, you're replacing Jake Bibby with Dan Sargent, and that's, that's not, no bad thing at all. Uh, and as for Luke Yates, I mean, I was hugely impressed last year, and I do hope he can keep that that up. I mean, he's coming in as a what probably replaced replacement for either Jones um, or or George Griffin. And again, well, you know, Jones was a different type of player, but this guy, what I've seen of him, I've, I've been really impressed. And I have uh, I have heard him, him talk, and he's he is he does seem quite switched off. Um, for another. Day. And, uh, no, but he, he looks like he's going to be a, a really, really good signing for us. I think he's one of them players that will do if he needs to, the full eight to put the minutes in. And he's graft, you know, he, he he does not start. And uh, I think he said on some, some interview about, I don't know if it was Paul's in or where, where I heard it elsewhere. I don't know. Probably just switched off then. Um, but uh, that obviously he's known for tackling. That was a big thing. He said he didn't want, he didn't really want to have to be doing that all the time. I think that's probably a sign of Where your team's at if you're doing so much defence. He thinks he's got a lot more to offer going forward than than maybe we've seen last season. So it's going to be interesting to see how he fits in. I mean, we've signed some really, you know, Paulie Paulie and Ikehifos here for for next season. And with him, you know, the the extra bulk and size. Um, I think, you know, they'll they'll all be fighting for for a starting spot. I I think he's a real, I think two really, really astute signings.
0: But yeah, I think it's, like you said, he's got some good lads. Who've come in, uh, Paul? I'm sure we'll get we'll get to speak to him. Um, you know throughout the season, and you know Ian Watson a kind of building. You know a very good squad, and you know some a little
2: Yeah, definitely. As i said before, a very balanced sort of squad. I think we've signed. I think we've got a bigger squad than we had last season. I've not done the maths yet and counted up the players from last season, but I think we've got a bigger squad, particularly now with the reserve grade as well. I think we we're looking in decent shape, aren't we? And you know, what I've seen of the players. Up to now, uh, I I'm really excited for it. I'm really excited for that season to start and that, that friendly game on the 5th of January.
0: Yeah, looking forward to Ike A4. I think he's going to be fantastic for
2: us. I'm just going to call him Seb. Bro. No, got to go on <laughs> I can't say I can't say <laughs> <see. That's> it. <hanging laughs> Ike a is it? No, Ike A4. It's uh, Ike Hefo, Bobby.
0: No, it's not. It's Ike A4. How's
1: it, how, no, it's, it is in Yorkshire if you talk like that.
2: It's Ike a It's a good forward.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but... It's he's, he's something to look forward to. I think he's a big unit and he's got sh- plenty of aggression. Uh, so uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing him turning oh. out for for Salford. So that's all the all the news, uh, the interviews as well. So what we're going to do now, Parker, we're mm. going to talk about your team of the decade. Uh, super excited about this. See what names you've 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 come up with. Mm. Oh, I wish wow. I was as excited as you are. <laughs> um, yeah. I've said. Uh,
1: it it was very, very difficult. I travelled back over ten seasons of of what we've had and it it seems like I, I don't know why I must have had some rose tinted glasses that we had a lot more uh well a lot better players than possibly we've had over that period. And I think a lot of that is during the the Marwan era where we were signing you know the glamour, but did it actually work and were you that good? Um so yeah, but it was it was tough but I think I've got there, and certain positions I've really, really wrestled with, and I found it virtually impossible to choose, but I've just, you know, I've for it, it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to be my opinion against everybody else's, and hopefully it won't be that far off.
0: No, and me and Paul will pick it apart, won't we, Paul?
2: Eh, uh, well, I don't know, he's picked some good sides in the past, park. he knows his stuff, I'm, I'm pretty sure, I mean, if you ask... He asked me you now to pick a side over the last decade. I've been be struggling to pick one off the top of my head. I'd probably have to sit down for about six hours with a pen and a, some old <laughs> programmes just to, to, to go through them all because you forget, don't you, the, who's, who's played. I mean, I can remember players from like the 90s and the late 80s, but I struggle sometimes to remember players from like three or four years ago. I mm. think the last few years have all seemed to... Well, I say the last few years, the last sort of 10 years they have all sort of mingled into one for me really you forget you know, you reading people off and think, oh blimey yeah, he, he played a couple of games for us or you'll think of a guy there who played like one or two matches so um, and that's how it. this last sort of decade's been for me you've not got players who've played loads of games for you but people who've come in on loan or yeah. come in for the, the playoffs or the, the middle eights we've had guys that have come in and played a couple of games haven't we so, uh, so yeah I, I think I struggle to, to, to do one
0: After you come up with our, this idea Parky, I kind of screenshotted Yes, in the last 10 months or uh, 10 years and i tell you it is there's a lot of, lot of players in there uh, yeah. to, to go through and you know memories look back on you think well yeah was he good enough was he you know good enough with the team I want to build here so it would be well, too to hard on to rubble cough <laughs> yeah. out so what we'll do start with yeah. your fullback Parker yes. who is your fullback and why uh,
1: I think it's a fairly obvious choice um now, and, and looking back, we, we haven't actually had that many pullbacks over that 10-year that period. Um, the one I've gone with is is Nile Um I think over the last couple of years, obviously, he's made that, that spot his own. Uh, what he's offered, he's tried scoring record. He's an absolute, you know, it's a joke, isn't it? I mean, he, to score that many tries when, at the start of his career, he was, you know, trying to get in, he might play one or two games and he get dropped again. And, but he seemed to always score. That was his big thing, and even now from fullback, he's done it again this year he nearly finished top tries going in the Super League. Never mind, just at the club. Um, and I think I, I think he's a bit of a no brainer. Um, like I say, I didn't really have that much choice. Uh, Gareth O'Brien would have, you know, possibly been there, but I don't think Gareth was as good as, as Niall. I really don't. Um, maybe, you know, who else would we also we had I don't know, Luke Pattern or a, I think Fitz played maybe a year of the new sort of decade but Jake Malena, yeah Jake Mullaney people like that I think we had, uh, we had the lad on loan from Wigan who was you know absolutely Bobbins guess, uh, that you know yeah that, <laughs> that guy so overall you know, sadly there wasn't that much choice but I think either way I think I'd have gone with, with Niall anyway I think it's just been well, the last, certainly the last two years but even previous that when he got his chance he always took it he always you know shone when he was on the wing or wherever he was and I think he's got a lot more to
0: offer, and I'm just glad he's
1: he's still with us.
0: Yeah, stats-wise, Parky, we've got uh, 146 appearances, 101 tries.
1: I mean, that's that's good enough for anybody, isn't it? Especially playing at fallback.
0: Um, that's that's
1: I mean that's that's phenomenal. That is absolutely. And teams watch him now. Teams know so to still be scoring tries. Um, it, it just shows he knows where to be and, and you know how to finish a try.
0: Yeah, so yeah, put Niles in at your full back, you've won that one yeah. now. Uh yeah. winger, right winger.
1: Uh I don't know if I'm, I can't remember if he's played on the right or the, the left, ones, but I'll I'm put him in
0: the next two. one. <laughs>
1: uh, I've gone for I've gone for Jody Broughton. Jody Broughton. Yeah. I, I I thought Jody was a, a proper winger, a real proper winger. And all these days I'm for going for the you know, big lads or whatever else, but he had genuine pace, he had a step, you know, he, he, he I just thought it was a great try score. It's been a it's been a real shame for him recently for all the injuries he suffered. I think he's just signed for he's just signed for Halifax for next season. He's left the uh, Cats on. Uh, shame because I think the the best part of his career was was probably just as he was leaving. us, was going going to uh, moving off. You know, obviously Cats on. It's just not not really kicked in. But every time he he's played for them, I think he's he's virtually scored. Um, I think he was a, just a great finisher, and someone that you'd, you'd want on the wing. Yet, you know, I like say pace, he had a bit of power, he went round players. Um, I, I thought he was, at that time. When I, when I think back now to to this, the back line we had when he was when he was here, not long before he left, uh, he, he fitted in really well and it worked. Um, so yeah, I think I think I think Jody was a another kind of no brainer for me in a in a very very. I'd say we we struggled a bit for really good wingers. I I, I genuinely think so. And when you look back, I can't think of, of too many that have you know really took my breath away when I've watched them. So uh, no, I think I've gone with I've gone with Joda.
0: Yeah, he was a fantastic flying winger for us. Uh, uh, Paul uh, played for us between 2010 2013. Played 99 games, scored 60 tries. Uh, very prolific for us. Uh, worthy of a, a spot in Pakistan?
2: team? Spot I'd have picked both them too. I, I, I think Evel's chewing. I don't think there's anybody else, is there? Um, not with the longevity that Evel's has got. We've had blokes that have come in like, like we mentioned there, the couple that we mentioned who played a bit part, but higher levels, yeah. And I have Jody Broughton as well. I think class wing, absolutely class wing. I'd have loved to have seen him come back to Solve. I remember having a chat with him a couple of years ago in, in <laughs> Purpignon, and he, he said, I've got unfinished business. I want to play 100 matches for Solver. You are playing 99, but obviously. Sammy's gone to Halifax now, but it's a shame I either took a punt on, on Jody perhaps for this season. Um, I know we've signed a couple of lads from London, but I think you know Jody would have been a good shout. But yeah, I definitely have him in my dream team. Quality, really quality winger, great finisher as well, and he's probably one of the one of the best wingers we've seen for a while.
0: I think we'll put we'll put that Paul under, under a legal a legal approach to try and get Jody brought back. <laughs> 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 doing it in Watson, doing it, We were no there was no discussion between you and Ian Watson was there to try and tap him up for anything
2: similar like that. You no, know, I'm just on just on the phone to Halifax his chairman as we speak. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. needs to come back out of his contract. Jody Broughton come back out of it.
0: yeah I've got I was <laughs> joking. But yeah, that's a you know, yeah, fantastic wing for us. Mm. Scored lots of great tries. Uh pace to burn, like you said. Uh yeah, shame he's, he's, he's stuck on ninety nine. Uh but what what a what a try score. What a rate, what a what a strike rate as well. Uh in a in a Salford side that was wasn't the greatest around that kind of time. Uh, But yeah, fantastic. Uh, Who's your centre, Paul? Who's your first
1: centre? Uh, This this, this was one of those as well that I didn't even have to think about. Um, Just an unbelievable player for us and it didn't end quite as well as we'd have liked. But uh, I've gone with Joel Moon. I think think Joel Moon had the full, you know, he had everything to his game. I mean, when we signed him, I remember thinking, what, we've signed Joel Moon? How how have we done this? Because back then, again, this was a time where Let's be honest, we weren't exactly fashionable. I mean, we never are, but um, and he, was a, he was a top player, you know, a, a really good rap in Australia. And he, he came to us, and obviously it ended a little bit homesick, um, but we've had that before. But as a player, I mean, he obviously he was as good at, at standoff as he would have been at, at centre anyway. He was a great all round player, but he, he with Broughton, you know, created so much room for him, so many tries. Again, a real sense. He had that, that bit of class. He wasn't just bolt that would knock somebody over and run over him. He had the, the opposite of that. He, he was just skillful, He had a great mind, bit of pace, um, brilliant hands. And, uh, yeah, I think I think he was... When he went, I think we were all pretty gutted, especially the way it ended. But, yeah, he, he, I think he was a, a bit of a no-brainer for me as well.
0: Yeah, from what I remember about Joel Noon Park, he was, he was a class above everyone else. And when yeah. he got the ball, stuff happened. Uh, but, yeah, he, he played for us in 2012. Uh played nineteen games, scored eleven tries, um also played like we talked about previously. Uh, we talked about the Exiles, we played for the Exiles that year as well, uh in the in the centre, uh which is which is you know one achievement that was as well. Uh, he played <laughs> under Daniel Anderson. Uh so yeah, Paul, you know, fantastic. Unfortunately it didn't end very well. Uh but he did show uh of the magic in that season.
2: Yeah, he certainly did. He, he was a class player, wasn't he? And uh, it was a shame that that he moved on and, and, and went to Leeds and how that, that transfer came about. But no, he was he was a fantastic player to watch. Great, great step and um, great great ability to offload the ball as well. And he had some good years at Leeds, Rhinos. I believe, is he back in Australia now playing in the Queensland Cup? He's yeah. left Leeds you now, he's not he? He's back mm-hmm. there. Isn't he? So we mm-hmm. still think he's only about 31 as well. But no, he's another one, though. He's a no great When you think about that, the players that we've had in the last 10 years, you'd have to put him in because real, real quality player and, you know, yeah, I enjoyed his time at Salford even though it was only short-lived.
0: Yeah, who's his centre partner going to be, Parker?
2: Right, now
1: this is where it gets, it's controversial for me and probably not for as many other people. uh, This guy, I'll be honest, apart from probably his first year or so, maybe two years, I've never been his greatest fan. But, I think he did have great times, he did do well for us, and a great, loyal player for us during that period, and played in a season uh, for us uh, where we made a grand final, um, and that's Junior South.
0: Junior South.
1: Now, I was, I was never a huge fan, I don't think he, I think certainly over the last couple of years he'd lost his way a bit, his form had gone, obviously Watson was happy you know, to, to let him go in the end. And, He's at Lee now and, you know, I, w- I wish nothing but the best for, for Junior. He was a, a great servant, but perhaps sometimes flattered to deceive a little bit. Um, but when he first came, he was so excited. You know, he was a powerhouse, wasn't he? I think he changed his style a bit and I don't think it quite suited him. But um, looking through the other centres we'd had during that, that period, um, I couldn't really go with anybody else. I mean, I was thinking of, I don't know, you, we had, a, we had Martin Gleeson and Sean Gleeson both for for a period. He did okay for us. Um, I mean, even Stuart Little crossed over, but that was right at the back end of his his, his time with us. Uh, Mark Henry again caught, what, 2010, 2011. Uh, Josh Griffin could have been a good shout, uh, but I don't know if he, he played enough compared to junior. Uh, Chrissy Welland again, another one at the moment who, who blow me out of the war, he's impressed me so much with what he's done, but again bit bit tough. Ash Gibson for a bit, you know. Uh not everybody's favourite, but again another another one with a great try scoring record. Like you know, and uh, versatile, but I, I've had to go with Junie, with it is is a tough one that it's a tough position when you look back that we we have struggled a little bit and like I say Moon was it was obvious, and, and the other centre not so
0: Yeah. Fan, you know, fantastic try scoring centre for us. Paul played in 142 games, scored 60 tries for us during that period between 2014 and 2019. But for me, Junior Sal was kind of like Stuart Little Mark too. You know, when he went through, he usually scored. Um, Yeah, did some fantastic service for us. And like you say, his try scoring record stands up.
2: Yeah, yeah, he did. He stood the test of time, really, Junior Sal. He had a lot of... um. Good years out of him, and uh, as you said there, uh, you knew he was getting. He's very reliable. Got a bit of criticism because he didn't always pass the ball, did he? But you no, know, his try record was was pretty good as well. And uh, I think we got some good years service out of Junior. So, and he's still knocking about. I believe he's is he back at Leeds next? year He went to Leeds. Yeah. Is he is he playing for them in twenty twenty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think he's been a been a good servant to Salford and good fans' favourite as well. You know the, the fans think a lot of him, don't they? And uh, yeah, I have a lot of time with Junior.
0: Yeah, that's a very strong backline so far. Parker, who's your, use your last winger?
1: Right now, this is this, this. again is another tough one, and I'm a bit, I'm a bit surprised. I, I've, but I've, well, I'm not surprised I picked him because I do, I do rate the guy. Um, but before I do, I've got I've just got to mention a couple of others that I, I, I didn't go with. Obviously, you know, we got Jordy. I didn't go with uh, Justin Carney, even though I could have done. I uh, thought he was a. All right, he didn't quite hit the highlights of, uh, of of what he did at Cass, but again, his career with us ended in a, you know, in a sell. And I think he was probably let down a little bit by the club in that as well. But um, he he was pretty good. I think he scored, got in double figures. I think in tries in in, in just what probably a season's worth of matches. So that's well, that's not too bad in a team that didn't use him as well as he should. I mean, you know, Cass used him every week, and he scored about. Seven hundred tries a season um, didn't quite work for us. Uh, somebody else I was uh, had looked at. And I wouldn't, I can't say I would have gone with this guy, but um, was uh, Danny Williams. He had a fantastic try scoring record for us, um, and again, not everyone's favourite. wasn't wasn't the quickest wing you'd ever see, but in my one wing at that time, we had, I think we had uh, a pattern at fullback, uh, Broughton, Mood. Sean Gleeson and, and Danny Williams as, a, as the backline, line. It was really good. You know, I think we had Matty Smith and, and Dan Oldsworth as half-backs going then, that, that sort of period. Uh, we had a great backline, line, just the forwards we lacked at that point. Um, but, I, you know, I could have, realistically, just for his try scoring, I could have put him in. Um, but again, not, not quite at, at the level I think that this guy is and, and will continue to be. I've gone with Ken Sale. Oh, no, that's true. That's the only other one I could think of was Greg Johnson, but uh, I've seen him probably have as many average games as I've seen him have good ones. Greg. So Whereas Ken Sear, I know he struggled with injury this year, but again, I think, I think he, he bagged quite a few tries this year and he's gone under the radar a little bit. And I know he's not been given his two or five number this year, so that's why I'm quite interested in this advent calendar, carrying on, to see what number he does get.
0: Yeah, Fantastic. Start to himself a career for us. 22 games, 13 tries. Um, added that bit of sort of steely quality outside. Uh, Paul knows where the line is. Uh, and, you know, part of the, one of the reasons why we, we, we finished the season so well.
2: Excellent finisher as well, Rob. Really, really good finish. I mean, you give Ken Seal that half a yard and he, he'll score. Oh, he, he saw some cracking tries from him last season and no, he's a good defender as well. He's pretty versatile because you know he do get injuries. He can fill in quite well at fullback as well. So, you know, I go along with Kenzie. I think he's he's a top player. just going back to that squad number thing, I perhaps not, don't worry about that too much. He might not. He, perhaps he didn't want to be number two or five. Perhaps he has a favourite number, a lucky number, mm. they wants to be. So uh, perhaps we're reading too much into that squad number thing. But no, I I couldn't argue with Kenzie. I think the, the side park is picked up to now. you would be different. Very hard to, to argue against those players. They're all, they've all they all been really good players but it.
0: Yeah, Yeah, like I said, it screams playoffs. You're going to make a playoff with this back line, Parke. I think it's a, a very solid line-up. Uh, who's yeah. your standoff?
1: Uh, I've gone with Rob Llewitt. Rob Llewitt? I think, yeah, I think for, for two... When we lost Dobson before Jacko came, he carried the team, Verti on his own. All the play had to come through. I mean, we signed that little John who was let's be honest, I think I was probably just as good and if not better than him. Um, And Rob really carried us and really, I mean, how many games did he miss in his time with us? Probably less than a handful. And he was targeted week in, week out. And he always looked like he was injured, somehow. But he carried on. And and I just, you know, I know again, he left the club. He didn't didn't want to go, he didn't even know he was going, did he? And I'm not going to complain because you've got Tui Lola here in his place, but Um, he he was great and what a lovely bloke you know I don't think you're you're ever going to meet a nicer bloke than Rob Lewis Um, but as a rugby player absolutely you know was phenomenal for us and uh, I think he really had to go in he was again sort of scant uh, options in in that role but yeah I I think Rob really deserved his
0: spot yeah Rob Lewis the star man Uh, Paul Paul Played between 2016-2019. 108 appearances, 35 tries and 33 goals. 206 points for us. Uh, like Parkey said, our main go-to man uh, for at least a couple of seasons in a Solford shirt. Um, yeah, was very, very good. Put him in the top maybe sort of three or four standoffs I've seen in a Solford shirt.
2: Yeah, definitely. He had a lot of quality, didn't he, Robert Louis? I think you just mentioned his try record there. What about his try assists? I mean, he created an awful lot, didn't he? You know, you know, playing for the way he dropped his shoulder and put people through the gap there. And I thought he was excellent last season, you know, up until, the, until, until he left the club. And, you know, it was a bit of a shock when he did go, but he he, um, he gave it his all at all didn't he? Really nice guy to speak to as well. Always had a lot of time. and You always had a lot of chats with him, didn't you, Rob? He, he was a lovely fella and... Um, no, I, I'd go along with Robert Lewis as well. I think he was, was a really good player for us and wish him all the best next season for Leeds, apart from when he plays against us. I, I'm sure he'll, uh, he'll go well for them.
0: Yeah, what we'll do, because we've gone another hour on this uh, pop-up podcast, what we'll do, we'll go into a third one. So you'll have to tune in, in the next couple of days to see who else made uh, Paul, Parkin, Paul Parkins uh, team of the decade.